0: Daniela, welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at making sense of Uh, please feel free to email us at making sense of success at gmail.com if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. Welcome, Lucy, to our podcast. Did you want to give a little bio about yourself to the listeners so that they can get to know you a bit better?
1: So, my name is Lucy Z, and I am the owner and founder of Lucene's Customs, which is a handmade boutique located in Toronto, Canada. I am also a university student, and I attend Western University.
0: So awesome. And you started your business pretty recently, right?
1: Yes, I just started about almost exactly two months ago. Yeah, I opened June 15th. Wow, how
2: has it been so far? Um, anything notable?
1: Um, I think it's been going really good so far. I'm really happy with all the support and love and the customers that I have. Like when I first opened, I was just really, you know, nervous and worried about starting my own business and whether or not um, I would get customers for sure
2: and why might say so myself cutest bikinis i've ever seen in my whole life if i went outside i would buy one but i don't leave my bed so i don't have any use for a bikini but <laughs> everybody else who can wear a bikini outside right now go buy from her she has like the cutest oh, white bikini i can vision it right here i'm not even looking at it anyways Over all of the things that you do, do you just do bikinis or do you do, like, um, other forms
1: of apparel? Um, I first started out with bikinis, but I think I want to start branching out towards making more full-item clothing, such as maybe, like, tops, bottoms, skirts, and maybe dresses in the future. Right now, just recently, I launched um, two new crop tops so I'm just slowly starting to work more on apparel, and since it's not really my main focus right now, and my main focus is bikinis, um, if people wanted like their own custom shirts or bottoms, like I'd be happy to make that for them.
0: And you were saying that you were like kind of nervous with starting your business and everything. Um, how did you, I guess, get over that to like actually, you know, be like, okay, I'm gonna do this.
1: Um, I think. At the very beginning when I launched, I felt really excited and scared. But, you know, I was really happy to do what I love to do and I'm really glad that I actually like took like a leap of faith and actually opened my store. So I was really worried, but I think that started to fade when, you know, I got my first order and then I got my second and then I got a few more after, and it just seemed like oh, like, this is actually going to turn out, you know, like, start as a good business.
0: Right. And, like, I think it's, yeah, it's taking that leap of faith, you know, of just being like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm motivated. I'm committed to it. And I really like doing this, for example. And then I feel like you're good to go. You have, like, all those qualities then that make you kind of ready
1: hmm I think believing in yourself is really important because if you don't believe in yourself, it can be hard for other people to believe in you. But I think, you know, if it's something that you're passionate about and you're happy and you love working on it, I think people will see that.
0: What kind of inspired you to start this? Was there, like, a moment that inspired you to start your business?
1: I think... I think think it most likely came from friends and family, like every time I made something new for myself and I would show them, they would always say, wow, this is so amazing. Like if you were to open your own store, like I would totally be a customer. And before I never thought of it that way. I just saw like sewing and, you know, creating clothing as like a hobby of mine. It's just something that I really enjoy to do on my free time. But, you know, the more comments that I got, the more I started thinking about it. And I was like, wow, you know, realistically, I could open up my own store. And then the more I thought about it, the more excited I got. And then in my head, I was like, no, I definitely have to open my own store. Like, if I'm not doing this right now, then when will I ever do this?
0: Absolutely. And I think that's, like, the way to go into things, as we were talking about, you know, just being like, if... If not now, then when? And also, like, mm-hmm. why not me? That's something, like, I always talk about with Sierra. I'm always like, why not me? Like, that's the type of mentality. I think quarantine's kind of given me with things. For some oh, reason, yeah, for I've sure. just kind of gone to that point where I'm like, okay, why not? Like, why not?
2: <laughs> <laughs> over the shift of the last two months, do you think your perspective of success has changed?
1: Um. Over the few months, No, because I think, like, I've always viewed success as, um, you know, making the best of what you can do in the moment. I think my view of success definitely shifted, like, over many years, because I think when I was in high school or when I was younger, um, it's normal to view success as, you know, how much money someone, like, makes.
2: Oh, for sure. Um, what do you think it means to you
1: then? I think it means um doing the best that you can for yourself right now to make sure that you're, you know, healthy and happy. I think being healthy uh physically and mentally is something that's really important that a lot of people tend to overlook. But I think happiness is something that's really important to everyone.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of the time, like, we used to think it was, like, very monetary-based and everything, this idea Mm -hmm. of success, and, like, I know probably Sierra and I have come to realize through this podcast that there's, like, such a wide definition for success and that it does change also in a person's lifetime, really. Like, I think my definition of success has probably changed from when we started this podcast to now, and I think it'll probably forever be changing just in phases of life.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I totally get that.
0: And then the other question we always like to ask our guests is, um, I guess during like maybe hardships or like times where you really needed to have like motivation to do something, for example, whether it even be like starting your business, because that's Mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do. um, What's the best piece of advice that you've received or given someone?
1: I think the best piece of advice I've got, I think it came from my mom and it's just to, keep pushing and keep doing what you're doing because I know in times where you know you're just not feeling that good or you just feel like you're like stuck in a stump where you just have no motivation to do anything like sometimes it could even be like as easy as like waking up or like getting dressed getting showered you know going to work or going to school I think the best way to kind of like push out of it is just to keep going with your routine and doing everything the best that you can. So it's just, like, going about life until you feel like you're living again, essentially, you know? Because sometimes I feel like we do get stuck in times where we're uncertain of things or we just don't feel good about ourselves. But the most important thing is just to keep pushing all the time because, you know, better things are always ahead.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, like, you know, with, like, quarantine and everything that happened with the pandemic, and that's still going on, really, A lot of the time, it's really easy to just kind of get comfortable and, like, not, I guess, like, look into things that maybe can help, like, better yourself in a way or, like, that would be the best for you. Like, for me, I know for a while, I, like, I go through, like, periods, I find. I go through, like, highs and lows in terms of, like, motivation and, like, drive and wanting to do things and, like, what I want to commit my time to. Like, some days, I'm like, okay, I literally don't want to get dressed. I don't want to move. I do not want to leave my bed. And I don't want to do anything other than watch Netflix. And other days I'm like I'm gonna wake up at this time get this 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 and this done. I don't, it might just be me. I don't know. <laughs>
1: but, no, I definitely feel the exact same way. Like some days I wake up and I'm just like I really just don't feel like sewing. Like I don't feel like doing anything for the whole day. And you know like those times like do happen to like everyone. No matter how you know successful or motivated someone seems to be.
0: Do you find, I guess, that with like your business that that's maybe like helped keep you like motivated and productive or like kind of, I guess, maybe helping you organize your time more to like have time to commit to those things?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely think since opening my business, it's been such a huge help towards like my mental health, because when quarantine first started, I was literally like panicking like for weeks because it's such a big change to like being able to, you know, go outside, see your friends. And then all of a sudden everything just shuts down and, you know, we're told to stay home. And then when you stay home, it's like, oh, what am I doing at home if, you know, there's nothing really to do in my routine? Like I can't go anywhere. I can't see anyone. So then, you know, having my business definitely helps because it's like there's always something that I could be doing to either help my business, or you know, I just have orders to fill for my customers.
2: I totally agree. It was—it's so nice. It was so nice to have something to look forward to during quarantine. I was in school the entire time, and I had about a week off from <laughs> spring to summer, and I had like two weeks off from like fall, like summer to fall. So like right now, um, and I literally had to do like had to be doing something every single day like there was like not a day where i could just like not do something because it needed to get the f done and i think that's like the only thing that probably saved me
1: I can't can. believe you're still... I can't believe you were able to do, I'm assuming, online school? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did. It was... <laughs> like, I don't know how you managed to do, like, a full term of, like, online school. Like, I I took a course, too, but honestly, like, I don't know if online school is really for me. Like, it's really hard to stay motivated and, you know, like, want to work on your assignments it's by far the hardest
2: thing in the entire world i took three (laughs) classes uh during summer so i was one of those like crazy people because nobody told me only to take one um (laughs) so i took three um and then like for this next coming fall which starts monday um the 17th of august um i took five five classes And we're going to see how that goes. Hopefully better than fall 2019. Um, (laughs) But enough about me. Um, What kind of prompted you to really decide to create a business where it's all you, only you, and you are making the effort to um, take care of the environment and the whole entire world?
1: I think that really stemmed from when I was doing research like, in terms of stuff like sustainability, I feel like that's something that's always been important to me. And even, um, like, the past uh, semester, I took a course on, like, environmental like chemistry or science. And, you know, there are a lot of things that you learn about in terms of, like, how much we're polluting the earth and how we really don't have much time to reverse much of the damage that we've done. So... When I, you know, like, when I tend to think about, you know, fashion and who's popular right now, a lot of them are all fast fashion businesses. And, you know, it's like ethical businesses don't have as much, you know, popularity. But I feel like, I feel like opening one that's sustainable and ethical is really important because it just, like, adds Does Cause your it, card card, yeah yeah because yeah. it just like there's just more of them available and although there are some that are already open I always like look and reflect on myself it's like why can't I open one too like realistically like I could open one as well
0: and it's literally that mentality of like why not me you know I love it literally
2: I love it I love when you say that oh that's the only thing I think about it <laughs> Every single day when I wake up, why not freaking me, man? I t- here on this podcast, we are not fans of fast fashion. Mm not in this house, not on this podcast, not in this Canada house for Daniela either. <laughs> like we cannot stand. That's why we kind of like love. The small business aspect, the one on one connection, the energy that people put into their work that other people can feel. And obviously, you know, the humanitarian part and like, I don't know, the niceness of it mm-hmm. um, that not being fast fashion is. Uh, do you have any like role model type of brands that you look up to that you're kind of like gearing towards or that you personally like to shop from?
1: Um, I think one of the brands that, you know, really, like, stood out to me, like, this was, I think this brand opened, like, years ago, but it came from two, like, YouTubers that I really enjoy watching, and, like, together, I don't know if you know them, I think one of them's called Whaley, and the other one's Sophia, if you've heard of them. They're, Mm -hmm. like kind of like lifestyle um youtubers like I've been watching them for a long time and you know as I watch them grow up um they've just embodied like such a you know like such like so many morals that I look up to and they open their own fashion brand and it's just sustainable and ethical it's called woman spelled w-o-m-n
0: oh cool that's well, I, I'll definitely be looking that up after. Now and then, for
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if
2: any of you guys follow, like, Sierra Schultze, like, on YouTube. She's so sweet. Anyways, um, she's, like, a part of the body positivity community. Anyways, she did um, a YouTube video where she tried on, like, pieces from small businesses. Um, that were kind of like basics. And there was this company that's from Texas over here in like the United States. And they have like a bunch of tabs where you could learn about Vegan, like, why this is labeled vegan or handcrafted or cruelty-free. And it's, like, a hub, like, market for a bunch of other ethical brands. And I thought that was so wild. Like, oh, my God, this one place in Texas, the scariest place in the United States, is doing the most. Um, so it's really nice to find those people who you can kind of look up to and um, relate to and learn from for sure.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think a lot of the times it just takes like one person to like shift your perspective on things. Like, you know, when you see what they're doing and you kind of look at that and you're like, "Wow, this is so amazing. Like, I wish I could do stuff like this or like I want to also like join this journey to sustainability."
0: a time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools, which allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell phone or computer.
2: Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be hard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is, is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
0: I guess, like, knowing that your, like, business now has those values and morals, you know what I mean, embedded in it. Do you have any, like, goals that you foresee in the future for your business? Short-term, long-term, whatever you want, we're all about manifestation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think... Long term, like, my biggest goal would be, you know, like, a much larger, like, brand and to have, like, a small team of sewers with me, you know, creating all of these products. And also, I still want to, you know, keep the basis of my brand as, like, me creating them by hand. Like, I really am hoping that, like, one day I won't, like, shift my mind and, like, you know, like, source my work, you know, like, outside of the country.
0: Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I think now we've also seen, like, how with globalization, I'm, part of my major was in globalization, so I kind of think about that aspect always um, in, like, day-to-day forms, especially, like, the fashion industry, I find it's so interesting how, like, you can just kind of I don't think we think about it too much, but how you can kind of have, like, make one thing in one place and then ship it to another or even have, like, parts made in different places of the world and combine it um, as a whole.
1: Yeah, that's what a lot of companies and brands tend to do, which... In my opinion, like, I think it's totally fine as long as, you know, the workers are being paid, you know, like, reasonable wages. The only only time when it's a problem is when, you know, like, workers just aren't getting paid or they get paid, like, really um, eagerly and we're just basically exploiting them.
0: Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And, like, that's something, like, I took a class with international development issues in Asia and... my last year of university and it it was really interesting to kind of like talk about a lot of the textile workers and garments in that industry and the issues that come with that that we don't see right in fast fashion like I think I've been more exposed to it just because of the environment I've grown up in like kind of knowing those things of how like these workers are exploited but on the grand scheme of things it's not like very apparent if you're looking at things because of the branding, like I think of yeah. H&M for example, and their like organic cotton line and stuff, and you oh know- my god,
1: H- H&M is such a like. I don't want to say like a scam, but they really, <laughs> they really like. Oh, what's that word? It's like on the tip of my tongue. It's like oh greenwashing.
0: Yes, yes.
1: They're really big in greenwashing, like making it sound like oh like we're so sustainable. Like if you buy this piece of clothing like it's made like ethically or like oh we're we have so many it's like oh we care about the environment when it's like no you actually don't like I don't see you know the numbers like I don't see exactly what you're doing to help be more ethical
0: I guess what tips then would you give someone um if they wanted to become more of like an ethical and sustainable buyer is like within the fashion industry
1: um, like, I guess, I are think... there specific
0: things to look for is what I mean in that oh, way? Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, in terms yeah. of branding, like, what would be specific things you would look for so you don't kind of fall under that trap of greenwashing?
1: Even for me, like, I think I just learned, you know, what to look out for, like, a few months ago because even for me, like, for the longest time, you know, it, it can be kind of difficult oh, yeah. to see um, which stores, like, really fast fashion, like, what counts as fast fashion. But based on some like videos and like articles I've read, I think one of the um, bigger indicators is like when they say that they're sustainable and ethical, but they just like use a bunch of like keywords without really saying anything, or you know, like showing the facts or explaining exactly what they did to help contribute to the environment.
0: Yeah, and I think that's like kind of the point that everyone has to look at, really. Because it's so easy nowadays, and and honestly, I've probably fallen for it too in the past to like fall under these traps of like being like of companies trying or trying to paint the image that they're ethical or like sustainable or environmentally friendly. But I think that's also why it's so important to support small businesses as well in that way because yeah. there's I think there's more of that ethical and moral content found in a business standpoint.
1: Yeah, and another major indicator would be um how many items that they produce oh yeah. like if they produce like if they have a long list of items that they offer most likely they're sourcing it from a third world country because you know if you realistically think about it if they were to have like sewers like in their area working on it there's no way that like a small group of like people could sew that many items and offer it at such a, you know, cheap price.
2: That makes a lot of sense. That one really got me. I'm thinking my brain is ticking and it usually <laughs> doesn't. So we're going. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, wow. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry, guys. That was crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm connecting thinking.
0: the dots. Yeah.
2: I'm connecting all of the sense. dots. <laughs> also, can I just say this? I'm just going to say this. And nobody can hate on me, but people are still shopping from Shein. And
1: oh, my God, go. that is so true. Like, <laughs> it, oh, my God, it, like, triggers me when people are like, oh, I got this from Shein. And I'm like, oh, it's like, oh, I don't really want to be friends with you or, like, talk to you anymore. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> like,
2: while you're still doing hauls of Shein when you know they
1: suck, it's literally, oh my god, guys, I have this conspiracy that, like... <laughs> Let's go. No, I have this, no, I'm, like. i like, convinced that brands like Shein are, like, pretty little thing, like Fashionable, all of those things. Like, you know how they give um, uh, influencers, like, items to do hauls? Yeah. Like, I'm literally convinced that the items that they give them are specifically made a little higher quality, so when they receive it... They can give this review like, oh yeah, like it's good quality, like it was cheap, like blah blah blah, and then, but in reality, like the real clothes that they send out are all made of like those like really like cheap like material.
0: I totally agree. <laughs> I second that because I've I used to like in the past I ordered from Fashionova like years ago though like when. Um, because a lot of the time it was hard because I've never had, like, I've have, I have have I more of, like, a curvier body in some ways, so it's been hard to find things that would be, like, tailored to me in that way, and uh-huh. that would be more flattering on my body than, like, I don't know, something from American Eagle I'm thinking of, you know? Like, that type of thing. So, and they were kind of, like, one of the only places I could find kind of affordable, like, swimwear that was high-waisted, for example, uh-huh. for a long time, and then i remember i bought like a bathing suit from them and they forgot to s- like they didn't send me the bottom <laughs> <They just laughs> that's sent me the only top. reason we needed. it and then that's it else they sent me and they had a hole in it i was like excuse me oh my me. god like oh it's
1: my the- god that's that's so funny it's
0: bad <laughs> it's awful like I, no.
1: oh my so, yeah i are gonna buy like Even for me, like, this was, like, years ago. Like, even I shop, like, fast fashion because, you know, like, seeing the, like, reviews online, you think, like, oh, okay. Like, I should, you know, I should try it out. So I bought, like, two dresses from, like, Pretty Little Thing. And literally when they came in, like, I literally looked at the sizing chart. So I thought I selected my size. And it came in. First of all, it was not even my size. It was, like, two sizes smaller. So they didn't fit. And second of all, like, one of the dresses was like not what I ordered. Like it was like the same color, but the style was like completely different. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Like, I was like, this is not what I ordered. But at the same time, I was like, I was like, oh, it's fast fashion. Like, I guess that's what you get for shopping here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Online, too. That's the thing, too. Like, and I think like stories like that, like they may seem uncommon, but they're really not. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. the of us here and, like, two of us have experienced kind of issues with, like, this world of online fast fashion. So I think it's so important to highlight, like, the care and, like, the effort put into small businesses that you really see. Like, most likely, from my experience from shopping from small businesses, you're not going to get errors like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And even if you did, if you reached out to them, they'd be, like, more than happy to help or you know, do anything that they can to, you know, fix the issue where like, whereas like, if you go to like a bigger brand and you try to get customer service, like most likely they'll just ignore you.
0: Oh yeah. I remember they or sent they say me something generic. Was, yeah. Like they have like this message, right. Or something like an auto message. And like, yeah. I think for me, like when I, when I noticed I was missing that bikini bottom, like, they, I think <laughs> they sent me like $5. <laughs> like they were here like five dollars you can use it late like the gift card too not like the actual money like a gift card to shop there and i'm like okay well like what am i gonna do with five dollars at your store online <laughs>
1: yeah. and it's not, i don't even want to shop here anymore like i just yeah. want my money oh my god that they got is sued for that They
0: they got sued for not giving back like people's money
2: really did, like oh yeah god, really? for giving out
0: think... gift cards instead of like refunds but, <gasps> yeah they got sued
2: damn that's crazy Well, as we gear up, um, we can carry this podcast on and we can talk about all of the dirty deets of the Fast fashion. (laughs) Stay tuned for another one in the future, guys. But (laughs) There's lots of tea we could all talk about, I bet you all. Um, But as we gear up wrapping up this episode, um, we wanted to ask one kind of final question, um, that being what do you want our listeners to take away?
1: Like, what What do you want them to remember? Um, I think one of the main things would be that, you know, the sustainability journey is different for everyone. Like, not everyone necessarily wants to buy slow fashion. And if that's the case, like, there's so many different things that you could do. You could just continue wearing what you have now and just don't overbuy clothing. Or you could also, like, thrift or buy things secondhand. Oh, yeah. Our favorite one. Being sustainable. Like, I never want to come off as one of those, you know, people that are always like, oh, you have to do it this way. And this way is the right way to go. When in reality, there's so many different, you know, directions you can, like, different paths that you can take. But I think the important part is just, you know, being more educated and just um, going along, you know, like, This path and journey in a way that works for your lifestyle.
0: I think we love that message. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: love it. It's nice. It's easy to understand, and it's. Sure as heck relatable. I haven't bought anything new in so long. Actually, I just bought
1: underwear. I take that back. Anyways, <laughs> can't, can't thrift the underwear. Just, just saying. Yeah, I'll no, thrift it. No, you saying. can't. No, else. no is- honestly, you should not thrift underwear. <laughs> like I don't think that's a good idea. Like, definitely buy new underwear. For sure. Every time. All the time. Anyways, <laughs> thrift it, secondhand
2: hand-me-downs. The only way to go. Amazing. Did you want to add your socials to grab some new customers, have
1: people connect with you, collab, anything cool like that? Yeah, for sure. So my social, um, my main Instagram account is at customs, And, you know, you could just like for the listeners, you could check me out, you know, give me a follow if you like my stuff. And also if you, if anyone wants any type of like custom, you know, item, maybe be like a shirt, a skirt, or even a dress, like my DMs are always open and yeah, I would love to receive your love and support. I'm on my way, on my way right now. (laughs) I bet you. I'm on my
2: way. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It has been a freaking pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Of this, course. Is, this is so exciting for me because, you know, as a small brand, I really thought no one was going to, like, notice me, like, because I had no following, like, before I opened. Oh,
0: yeah. Trust me. We, we, under- we
2: understand. We got you. We understand you on that. We understand you on a different level with that one. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hi, my name is Adam Reichert, co-host of the Talk Eastern Europe podcast. I'm sure you have heard about the country of Belarus, which has been dominating international news headlines and the massive protests and violence that broke out there. To understand this country better, we have prepared a special documentary podcast series called The Story of Belarus, The Nation, Its History, and A New Hope. In this 10-episode documentary, we explore the country in greater detail. You can learn more by visiting www.neweasterneurope.eu slash Belarus or listen anywhere you find podcasts.